Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Jerome Emhoff. He is a career coach, resume writer, and certified NLP practitioner, helping you put your best foot forward, define your goals, and unleash the power that already dwells within you. Jerome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Amy. It's nice to be here. So can you share your journey with us and how did you decide to become a career coach? So it's interesting. It it happened a little bit by accident, but there really are no accidents, but so I started my career as a teacher and I always had an altruistic sort of sense about me. Like I loved helping people. I loved teaching. And so I went to, to school, went to university to become a music teacher. And for about five years, I was a music teacher at a Catholic school in South Dakota, small Catholic school in Rapid City, South Dakota. In the middle of the school year, my sexual orientation came into question. And I was essentially removed from my, my position. I was forced to resign the teaching position. And that led to a dark night of the soul and a little bit of an identity crisis because I had spent my entire life really preparing to be a teacher. And when I found this teaching position at this Catholic school, I thought, this is where I'll work my entire career. I'll re- retire from here. And a week's time, it was all gone. And so I spent day after day sitting on my sofa, asking myself this question, who am I? If I'm not this teacher, who am I? Like, why am I even here? Because I had wrapped up my identity in what I did for a living. And it's really sad that we do that to children. We ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? From the time we're little kids, we think that who we are is what we do for a living. And so I remember sitting on my sofa and coming out of the funk and deciding, I'm going to have a beautiful life. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I'm going to have a beautiful life. And what I do for a living doesn't have to be the source of my joy. It can be, it doesn't have to be the source of my joy. It doesn't have to be the source of who I am. And so understanding that, that I moved to California, continued to work as a job developer and vocational counselor at an adult school, adult vocational school, and ended up being a recruiter. And then after my, the company I worked for in staffing closed in 2009, I decided I have some skills. And so I started writing resumes and then people wanted help with interviewing and things. And so I realized that I could help people make career choices and help them move forward in their career. But I found that what was most important was to help people understand that your work can enhance your life. It can be a really beautiful expression of your identity, but it is not your identity. And you don't stop being Amy if you're not doing your marketing gig. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and there is that crisis of, I even see people who retire and suddenly feel like their value is gone because they're no longer working because they've spent their whole life being that job. And some people have that identity crisis in retirement and it's very sad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's so many people that, like you said, they expect that the doing is who they are and not who they are 
right. being really truly, you know, yeah. What their yeah. Value so, is. yeah. So I even do an exercise with my clients where we talk about the verbs be, do, and have. And I have a pyramid set up, right? With a base, a middle section, and the, the point. And I say, how do we arrange them? And a lot of times people get it wrong. And so if you imagine a pyramid with those words stacked, B is the base, do is the middle section, and have is the point. But what we do is we think that have is the most important. And that's essentially trying to balance a pyramid on its point. It's going to topple over. But that's what we do when we think, when I have the correct job, when I have the house, when I have the relationship, when I have the car, I will be happy. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. When you're happy, when you understand who you are as a soul, as a spirit, having a, a human experience connected to source, energy, God, whatever you call it, when you understand that's who you are and that's where you begin, then doing and having fall into the right place. And you'll ultimately have the things that you want, or you'll discover that the things you thought you wanted, you really don't want, but you'll be happy because you're working at it, coming at things from that foundation of who you are. Yeah. I like that. So in walking through your journey, what are you grateful for now? What's funny, I'm grateful for that experience of losing my job. I'm really grateful for that challenge because it was the wake-up call I needed. Uh, And I look at it with fondness at this point in my life. It was really horrible to go through, but I look at that as the moment when I understood who I was. And and it was a crisis of faith, right? Because I was teaching at a Catholic school and the Catholic school got rid of me. And so even my belief system, because I was a pretty devout Catholic, that fell apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had to even redefine that. Like, well, I know I'm connected to God. Mm -hmm. So I, it it gave me the opportunity to come out as a gay man and be honest about who I was uh, with my family and friends. And I was embraced by all of them. A few people don't talk to me anymore, but for the most part, people embraced me. I gave birth to myself in that moment. I became who I truly am. And that is the greatest gift I, of my life. I mean, I'm now living in California in Palm Springs. I have a husband and a, a house and two dogs. I am being true to who I am. And to be able to live with such authenticity is, yeah, I am so grateful for that. It's, I'm sad that it took something traumatic to be to that place, but a life is too short to be playing by someone else's rules. Yeah. You know, and to not really being who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. I so identify with that on my own journey and in my own way, miss people pleaser. Most of my life, I I tried to be what other people thought that I was supposed to be. Right. Whatever they said I was there, I molded myself into this because I wanted to be good enough and I wanted to be liked and loved and all of this. And what I realized that was all toxic. And reversing that and learning then similar going, who am I even questioning my own faith? Because I think I I spiritualized a lot of my own mental health. Right. Right. You know, yeah, we do the spiritual bypass, don't we? Like, like we're not happy or, and we just think, oh, well, I need to love Jesus more or I need whatever. Yeah. And, and we don't. It's a spiritual attack. 
Yeah, right. Right. I mean, yeah, it's ritual warfare. I'm being attacked <laughs> by the enemy. Yeah, yeah, I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like going, okay, uh, maybe there's something going on here that's organic and maybe I need to see a psychiatrist and be on meds, which <laughs> I did. Like I'm on antidepressants. I'm I needed them. And yeah. my whole family suffers from depression. So um, but yeah, we do the spiritual bypass. So we think I should be happy because I'm spiritual. And, but we're playing this game, right? Because yeah. I was involved in the church and I was doing all the right things, but ultimately I wasn't being true to who I was. Yeah. And we play the game and we wonder, why am I not happy? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it takes that dark night of the soul to, to wake up. Yeah, it definitely does. One way or another, yeah. it really does. Yeah. So why do you think most people struggle to go after their dreams? Because they're afraid. They're looking for somebody to give them permission to go after who they really want. They're doing, like you said, they're being people pleasers and sharing the big dream with the people around you. Sometimes they're not going to be in your corner for whatever, for their own reasons. They all have their own stories, their own stuff, right? It's scary when people start to uh, step into their reality and to become who they really are because then the people around you when I was starting to make these changes, there were people who were uncomfortable because if you're in dysfunctional relationships and you start to heal yourself, the whole house of cards starts to topple over because you're no longer playing the subscribed role, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so I think it's fear. Everything we want is on the other side of fear. It's, yeah, we're afraid of, of failure. We're afraid of looking foolish. There's yeah. just so much fear. Yeah. And yeah. And we don't need anyone's permission but our own. And here's the thing I know for sure. That dream that's bubbling up inside of us is our divine purpose. It's the spark of the divinity saying, this is why you're here. And you can push it down over and over and over again. It will continue to bubble up until you listen. Yeah. Until you do it. Until you take the leap of faith. And when you take the leap, the net appears every time. Yeah, it does. Even when you think that, that the boat is sinking and I have a tendency to do, to do that. You know, I, I, it's not even rational. Like I can be totally fine. Everything's going really wonderful. And I think that somehow I'm not going to have enough money. And then I'll go and do something really stupid, like go work someplace for jump change over the weekend and then feel exhausted. Like I actually did this exhausted and then, and then start Monday, make $2,000 right, right. sit there and go, what did I just do to myself? But it's easy just to go right into fear and then panic mode. And then and fear blocks the flow. And I'm like you, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a sole proprietor. I'm doing this. And I've been doing this for, for 12 years. I started my, well, 13, I started my business in March of 2009. So it's 13 years. And I have had those moments where I'm freaking out. I'm looking at the bank account. I'm like, rent is due in a week. And where's it going to come from? And I, I'll go into the freak out mode. And then the moment that I release it to the universe and say, well, I've never gone hungry. I've always been provided for. I'm just going to trust. Yeah. The moment I do that, I unblock the flow and the phone will ring and it will be the $2,000 gig. Right? Yeah. We just have to get out of our way. We have to yeah. just allow. I know we laugh because I do the same thing. I'm like freaking out, right? Like, oh, maybe I need to 
to call my mom for a loan or make whatever. And then, because we get in the downward spiral, but then the moment I let it go, it just, it shows up and it always shows up bigger than I expected. Yeah. Or I remember one time I had a bill I had to pay and I can't even remember how much it was. It, there was an, an, an amount and it was like, I was freaking out. I think it was like, like it was an electricity bill and like, this needs to be paid or our electricity is going to be shut off. It was that desperate. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, universe, you're just going to take care of this. I know. And I opened my mailbox and there's a check in my mailbox. I had overpaid some on some insurance and it was a refund in the exact amount that I needed. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay. Yep. Like I had those conversations of I'm out there working extra stuff. And I'm like, okay, you said you provide, this is not providing. And then I, how you had that little inner voice. I didn't tell you to go work extra. Right. Well, and that's the other thing too, because when we do that, so I have a friend, her name is Jenea Barnes and she's beautiful and, and she's become a mentor and a, a, a companion on this journey. And she did a TikTok video and she said that when we complain, we're telling the universe, we're not satisfied with what we have. And it sends a message. And when you, if you're not satisfied with what you have, then you, you block the flow of abundance. And the same thing, when we do that rash thing to make up for what's not coming in, we're saying to the universe, I don't believe in my business. I don't believe in the thing that I'm doing enough to have faith in it. So yeah. I'll do this other thing. Right. Well, yeah, I gave the ultimatum and I said, okay, here's the thing. I, it says you provide, I need to know. And so today my rent is due tomorrow, the, the next day, my rent was due the next day. And no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't make the money for it. Right. And I said, okay, so if you provide, then I know that you'll, I'll never question it again. Never, I'll never question it again. But if you don't, then I'll know that you don't. provide. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to just, you know, like I'm toast. I don't know what I was going to do. Right. The next day, not only did I make $2,000 and have that money in my bank right away, but I found an app that allows you to split up your, your rent. So you don't have to come up with some big chunk. It pays your rent every month on the first, and then you decide when you kind of are going to pay it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I got like double whammy answer. <laughs> so if there's someone who feels stagnant or they just got laid off, what's a great place to start to get out of that funk? With who you are get really in touch with the divinity that lives inside of you. Do the affirmations, right? I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, which is a spiritual path. And there are some really beautiful lessons and that have become my go-tos. So one of them is love created me like itself, or I am as God created me. There is nothing my holiness cannot do. So when I'm in the funk, I go there first. And I also try really hard not to project into the future. I had a therapist who one time told me when you start, cause I was, this was in, when I was in my thirties and was just coming out and so much was going crazy in my life. And I would have panic attacks and she'd say, just look at your feet, Jerome. Just look at your feet and remind yourself that you're grounded. You're on the earth. 
you're not spinning out of control. And what we do when we freak out is we're projecting into the future or we're looking at something that's in the past. If we can stay in this moment, everything is fine. Nothing's yeah. going wrong in this moment. We're not dying. And I always say God's grace is sufficient for the moment. Yeah. So just be in the moment. What Do whatever you have to do to be in the moment, to raise that vibration and then start making a plan. Yeah. And just say, okay. And here's the thing. We've all been out of work. We've all found new jobs. So it's not new territory. We've done it before. We've done it before. We found a job before. So if you did it once, you can do it again. And, and the last thing I would say is you're in control of your thoughts, right? And Louise Hay said, a belief is just a thought and a thought can be changed. So if you're believing something that isn't true, which is all of our fear-based thoughts, they're mm-hmm. not true. They're not true. If you change them around. I don't know why we always, when we project in the future, we project worst case scenario. It's so ridiculous. Like we're projecting into the future. Why don't we project best case scenario? Right. Like, like, ah, that job's going to come through. And because we're told don't count your chickens before they're hatched. That's, you know, we're told not to. Yeah. You might get disappointed. Right. Yeah. But, but if we're, but so then we project worst case scenario and oftentimes it doesn't ever show up the way we think it does, but then we waste all this time feeling anxiety and, and craziness when we could feel a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. So when it comes to a career, why should we not allow it to define us? You talked a little bit about this, but let's say those that are out there that they really feel like maybe their career or their thing is going to be who they are. What would you say to them? I would say find a spiritual practice, find some hobbies, find something else that feeds your soul. I'm not saying, when I say your career isn't who you are, I'm not saying that you can't have work that's meaningful. I mean, what I do as a career coach and a life coach is meaningful work. What I did as a teacher was meaningful work. It wasn't that the work wasn't meaningful. It just was that there was more to me than that. And so whenever any of us are defining ourselves as one thing, a lot of women fall into the trap of being defined as a mother. And that's it right? Then the kids leave home, they have the empty nest, and then they have this crisis of faith or a crisis of this uh, identity crisis because the children have left, right? So whatever you find that you're identifying yourself as one thing, take stock of all of the roles you play. And I do that from time to time. I do that when I'm planning my week. I use the Franklin Covey planner and it's like you, you'd say, what are your roles, right? And so I have a role as a husband. I have a role as a friend. I have a role as a creative person. I'm a musician and, and a writer and an artist. I have a role as an entrepreneur. And so I look at all of those things, right? And my most important role is as a spirit, as a soul, as love and light in the body. That's the most important thing I can do is to show up authentically, to show up in the way that God's source energy wants me to show up. And so, yeah, if you feel like you're defining yourself in one way, take some time and just stop. And meditation helps a lot because when we meditate, we become, we are aware of our consciousness. We're aware of just slowing down and just being. And so I think I've been meditating for a number of years and that's hugely a source of, it's a huge source of just calm and peace and 
and understanding. How do you help individuals overcome fear? I give them tools to overcome fear themselves. So a lot of the things we're talking about, meditation practices, exercises, we do journaling exercises. I think sometimes fear comes from feeling like we're not in control of things. Mm -hmm. And so with a, a career seeker, we sit down and we do the exercises to figure out what jobs, what careers might be interesting. What skills do you have? What skills can you sell? And then doing research on what, like who might be able to use these skills? Where would you like to work? And so really putting them in the driver's seat of their career, being proactive. And as a coach, a lot of the time, what I'm telling people is don't just limit your job search to the job boards because then you're saying, okay, I'm looking at Indeed. I'm looking at LinkedIn. Here are the 10 jobs that this week seem interesting. That's all. And so you're limiting yourself to what's out there instead of saying, okay, what are the five to seven companies you'd really want to work for? Who are they? And let's see if you can make build a relationship with people who work there. And so people are getting to know you and you're building your network. And so you're more in control. You're not just waiting for this particular job to show up, but yeah. creating the trajectory. And I think being proactive is really the one of the best ways to overcome fear. Just like exercise is a great way to overcome depression. You get moving, you get moving. And when it comes to our goals, I believe in law of attraction. I'm sure you do too. We have an idea of what we want and the universe is going to help us get it. But the universe doesn't do anything until we move, right? It's like your GPS system in your car. I have a GPS on my phone. We all do. I program in the the address. Okay. I know that the GPS is going to get me there. Even if I take a wrong turn, it'll get me there. It'll recalibrate. But if I plug in the GPS and I just sit in my car and never put my car in drive, I'm going nowhere. Even though I've told the GPS exactly where I need to go. It's not going to do anything for me until I get into action. So get into action. What's the best possible step right now? You do that. And if it's wrong, the universe is self-correcting and self-organizing. The universe will show you the right way, but it won't show you the right way until you start doing something. So get into action. Yeah, I agree. So can you share some of your client success stories with us? Yeah. Gosh. There's so many. I've helped people start businesses, people who wanted to do their own thing and didn't feel like they could do it. One of my favorite success stories was a client who came to me and was really unhappy in her job. She uh, had worked in compliance for retirement plans for years and years and years and was good at it, but it just didn't feed her soul. She loved engaging with customers. She loved the interaction with other people, but she didn't like all of the the regulations. And so much of the conversations she was having was, oh, there's an issue with the 401k plan and you need to do, you need to take care of this because you're not in compliance. But her clients loved her because she was really engaging. And so she moved, she was moving from Boston to Southern California and looking for something. And I said, I think you should look at sales. She was petrified. She's like, I'm not a salesperson. I said, but I think you are. I think you are. And I had a former colleague who was looking for a salesperson and I set her up with an informational interview. And my colleague called me and said, I want to hire this girl, but she's too afraid. 
And I said, just give it some time. So she ended up taking this client, took another job and it just didn't like it. It was sort of in the same thing that she was doing before. She didn't like it. And I said, you need to go back to Cheryl. So she did. She went back to Cheryl. Cheryl hired her. Within the first month, she was the top performer in the company. Wow. And she now is kicking ass as a salesperson. And, and I love that story because she took a leap of faith. And part of it was working with a coach who was saying, you have the skills, you will do great. And now she's actually left first companies and working with another company and has started her own business on the side because she's so good at building relationships and doing sales that now she's selling another service. And yeah, so uh, yeah, I love that story. And then I had another client who was in DC and I was coaching him to use social media to connect with people who's really into politics. And he was following the nation magazine and and people who worked at the nation. And there was an internship, a paid internship at the nation that he really wanted. And he'd applied for it, but hadn't really heard anything. And I said, you have connections, DM them. And so you DM somebody, they had coffee and he ended up getting the internship. And it was all because he was engaged in relationships with people and sort of thinking outside of the box. So that was one of the very first people I coached. And that was fun. I love that. And I think sometimes people... They overcomplicate things when it relates to anything on the internet. They think because we're all people out there and you have to, you have to meet people. You have to actually connect with people. And when you don't do that and you expect the ad to convert or the social media to convert, but you're not building relationships with people, you forget that piece. That's what causes so many to not succeed at things. It's like, okay, you're forgetting the human element here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've reached out to people who are writers, to artists, you know, musicians, producers. I've ended up building relationships, friendships with people that in a million years I would have never come in contact with. But I was just curious, found them on, on Facebook or LinkedIn and sent a note. Hey, I love your work. And they they communicated back with me. And before long, you're in a dialogue. And I, yeah, we're afraid. We're afraid to reach out to other people because what if they say no? Yeah. Right? What yeah. if they're not interested? And I always say, but what if they say yes? If they <laughs> say no, no big deal. Yeah, it might be embarrassing, but we hate rejection. We're so afraid of it. So, but Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. That's true. Yeah. Definitely. So what do you think has been your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? My truth. My truth has been about living authentically, about really knowing who I am. And that takes time. I don't think I really, in my 20s, I didn't have a clue. I'm 50, I'll be 53 this week. And so I'm really comfortable in my own skin. I've done the work to be comfortable in my own skin. I've done the work to understand who I am. I have a spiritual path, right? I don't subscribe to religion, but I do subscribe to a spiritual path that lets me know that I am connected to the divine, that there's a divine spark in me Mm -hmm. and that I have a reason for being here. And I understand that my heart's desire, the thing inside of me that keeps pushing is the reason I'm here. And that heart's desire is God telling me to roam. This is who you are. This is what you should be doing. And so I listen to that. I think if anything, it's the inner listening. It's getting quiet. It's asking for guidance. 
from Holy Spirit or source energy, whatever you call it, doesn't matter what you call it. Yeah. Uh, but just knowing it's there. Yeah. So I think that's the truth. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. You can do greater things than you even imagine. One of my favorite parts in the Course in Miracles says, why would you be set? I'm paraphrasing, but it's, it's why would you be satisfied with the wings of a sparrow when the wings of an eagle have been given you? We sell yeah. ourselves so short. We, we sell do. ourselves so sharp. We do not understand how capable we are, how powerful we are, how much our imaginations are the superpower. Like if you can dream it, you can become it. Yeah. Right. But we don't believe that. So, yeah. So that would be the advice is like, go for it. And don't worry about making a mistake. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. That's the mistakes. Just I saw this cartoon, Family Circus cartoon in the newspaper I used to have it on my desk I don't know what happened to it but it was the, the grandma t- talking to the little boy and she says to the little boy if you're afraid of making a mistake you won't make anything so can't be afraid of mistakes yeah definitely so Jerome if, the, if there's individuals that would love to work with you what's the best way to contact you yeah so my website is manifestingbrilliance.com and you can email me at manifestingbrilliance at gmail.com. I'm on all the social media sites as Jerome M. Hoff or Manifesting Brilliance. I'm on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I started TikTok. So yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. In fact, last night I was, last night I wasn't bad looking at just watching TikTok video after TikTok video and just laughing at some of the crazy things and, and. It's very and entertaining. Finally, my husband said, Jerome, it's time to go to sleep. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how many hours you can. My dog will look at me like, he'll look at my phone and look at me, look at my phone. He's like, I need to go outside, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, when are you going to put that thing down and pet me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So I love that. I'll put all those links down below. Jerome, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, your expertise today. Oh, thank you. It's been great engaging with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone. And have a wonderful week.